Hello, and welcome to How Do You Drew? This is the Drew Barrymore podcast brought to you by thedrewzium.com. And sponsored by our friends at Positive Media. I'm Anne. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the episode. Here we are, yet again. Hey, this is number 15. Damn. Kind of a boring number, but you know. But it's like a... I don't know. It's a landmark. It was like a semi milestone. Yeah, yeah. A milestone. That's the word I was looking for. I mean, next thing we know. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know. It'll be episode sixteen. <laughs> Before we know it. <laughs> All right. You ready to go through some stuff, Faru? Yeah. What you got? What you got? What you got on the follows up and oopsie daisy? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> should have a new little jingle. What you got? What you got? All right, I got a cosmic coincidence, but it's kind of a small one. It barely counts. But there was a TikTok video that she was doing about whitening her teeth. And she started off with talking about how she drinks so much iced tea. Yes. (laughs) She also said something funny, like, and I don't like when people mention it or something. And no, you didn't need to mention it. Something like, yeah, thank you so much. I love when you all mention it to me that my teeth aren't white. fourth thing um but the funny thing is Tajava really liked our reel with Tony Crago talking about how much she drinks Tajava and how he used to have to supply it and I don't know what they're going to do with it but they asked us for that audio clip and sounds like they have plans to use it for something so (laughs) that's pretty fun (laughs) so if you hear our voices in a Tajava commercial going forward of us talking about Drew. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have gotten permission from Tony since it's mostly him. Guys, we didn't sell out. <laughs> <laughs> we are still an independent podcast, okay? Yes, we are. Yes. <laughs> All right. I have a big oopsie daisy. Uh-oh. I know, and I'm embarrassed about it. So in our last episode, we briefly touched on Saturday morning cartoons And if you remember, I was like, so she's, it's like Drew and her friends, but we don't know who any of them are. The only one is Nancy. Okay. Well, I forgot that her old assistant and the other co-founder of Flower Films, Kim Greitzer, is also in it. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) So I know what I didn't know. Do not feel ashamed. I didn't know that at all. I know, but it was pretty obvious. Somehow I like went down some rabbit hole where I was watching a clip from it and I was like, oh, that's Kim. And then I went and I was like, okay, now I should look at the credits. So I found the entire special or show or whatever it is, is on YouTube. Somebody has it uploaded. So it had all the credits because there's no credits on IMDb. Like it's very scarce information out there. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. So it's Drew, Nancy, Kim, and then another guy. And his name is Jason Sienkus. And I was like, okay, who is this dude? So I looked him up. And apparently he did a lot of music production and management for soundtracks. So I'm assuming he was probably involved with this record or album. Yes. And then also Nancy's brother, Jim Javonin, is in it, which I've never known. That's funny. He's like in a clown wig, just like dancing in the background of the couch. <laughs> like no explanation. That's great. And then there's a guy from the band White Flag who doesn't have a song on the album, but, you know, 
he maybe he's friends with somebody. His name's Bill Bartell. Okay. And he's like a delivery guy that comes in and like sits down and watches the cartoons. With oh, them. how funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, let's go further in the credits. So I looked at um, Drew's hair and makeup and they were done by Molly Stern, who's a makeup artist at the time. It sounds like she was touring with Hole to do Courtney's makeup, which is pretty makes sense. Okay. She worked alongside Jillian Fink Dempsey, which I thought was a very early credit for them to be working together. I don't know what would have been their first credit together, but me neither. But this seemed early. So I thought that was fun. But it's funny because they're both makeup artists, but they're credited as hair and makeup. So they must have done her hair or maybe she even did it herself. It's pretty like, yeah, her style at that time. That's true. And then her stylist is what it was called. I guess her costumer <laughs> um, was a lady named Ariane Phillips and she does a lot of movies, um, but she did best men a year after this. So, Oh, that's funny. Anyway, just fun digging into the credits. And I just feel bad that we forgot that Kim was one of the friends. <laughs> Poor Kim. You She's like what? erased from history anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen to her? Kim, reach I out to us. I would love to know. And I would love to know why. She's never mentioned in the origin stories of Flower Films, but she was very much a part of it. I mean, there must have been something that didn't go quite right. Yeah. When we get into Flower Films research, like hardcore for an episode, we'll get to the bottom of it. We're going to ask Drew directly. Oh, that's true. All right. Um, We do have another oopsie daisy, but it comes from a listener. So we're going to put it in the You've Got Mail segment. (laughs) You've Got Mail. Oh, okay. So it looks like we got a message from Drew Barrymore Rebel. So here's what they said. Another great episode, Ashley and Anne. And I heard my IG page mentioned. That is so cool. Thank you. 1995 sure was a banner year for Drew. Important growth and turning points for her. One thing regarding Drew playing dead, her eyes were closed for her, quote, death, unquote, on Santa Clarita Diet. And she did a pretty darn good job. Does that count? Great question. (laughs) So thanks for the thanks for the comment um, and question. Yeah, it counts. I know. I was like, I replied and I said, oh, so I guess we forgot the one where she's basically playing dead for the entire show. <laughs> Whoops. How did we forget that one? That was a biggie. <laughs> I can't actually remember her death in it. Me neither. We'll have to rewatch it. Yes. All right. Um, I've got a lot of what's new with Drew's. Okay. But they're all pretty quick. So let's just like boom, boom, power through. All right, ready for it. What's new? Uh, Number one, as you know, she's recovered from COVID. Yay. Yay. Moving on. (laughs) You told me about this one. Ah, yes. Yes. Go ahead. Okay, so um, the HBO Max Movie Club podcast did an episode about the wedding singer with guest Darcy Carden, who I've loved for a bit um, from seeing her do live improv and on The Good Place. So I was pretty excited and it was it was really cute the way they talked about yeah. Drew and the wedding singer, but also like they just all had really nice things to say about her as an actress and as like a public figure, don't you think? Yeah. Well, number one, I was like, you saw me. I was like, what? Another podcast is talking about her? Like, yeah. I can't believe how much this keeps happening since we started ours. I know it's not, I'm not saying people are copying us. I don't think it's that at all. But it's just weird because there hasn't like been anything new about her like 
I don't know. It just feels strange that that's like in the universe right now. It's really cool. I love yeah. that this is happening that we're like, oh, cool. Another podcast. Oh, cool. She's it's like, not only did she start her own, but she's also guesting on a bunch, which bodes well for us. <laughs> I know we definitely timed this right. Um, And then number two, at first, when I started listening, right off the bat the host got like a year wrong basically he yes said she was born in 1974 so I immediately went into cringy like oh god what's this gonna be but I was totally wrong it was such a cute fun episode I loved the things they had to say there were even some things they pointed out in the wedding singer where I was like yes like I love that and I was laughing because Darcy, I did look it up. She's two years older than me, but very close. And she was talking about how her and her friends when they were teenagers used to just like drive around and play the soundtrack, which is totally (laughs) my friend Clarice and I did that all the time. So it was great. It's definitely worth a listen. And and it's pretty short too. So thanks for telling me about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Drew was on Talk Shop Live on behalf of Walmart to do like a holiday gift guide. Basically, she was just kind of showing the new cook with beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of distracted while I was on because I was at work. But one thing I noted was that she said that um, making the candles kind of made her feel like she was getting in touch with the 16 year old in her that would light candles and incense. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that that was so cool. That's so great. Because when I think about candles, I think I'm like kind of getting back into them a little bit, but it definitely makes me tap into maybe a little bit younger, like 14, yeah. 15. Like, oh, I loved candles. I know. I was always buying like a new candle and they weren't even like nice ones. Now <laughs> candles, I feel like are so much nicer. Have you gotten any of these yet? Not yet, but I know you have. Well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a lot of luck because the lids keep coming broken or missing. But you did say there was a really nice scent. One of the ones that you got, you were. Yeah, it was the Parkside Breeze one. I like how it smells. Cool. This week's episode of Drew's News Podcast, she just had Ross as the guest. Oh, cool. Uh, Ross Matthews. And so good. Like, they have such a great little rapport and chemistry together. They do. They do. I really like it. This was to me the funniest episode so far of the podcast and I think it was pretty cool to hear them sort of outside the realm of daytime tv because a lot they just had a lot of sex talk in this episode oh that's funny and it's really it's really funny like I was laughing out loud in my car quite a bit so it is a short one it's shorter than usual it's probably about 22 minutes but oh wow okay listen to it you're gonna have a blast (laughs) awesome so um There is a new channel on YouTube called Hollywood Bio, and the lovely lady behind it was sweet enough to reach out to us, number one, because she wanted to use some of our photos and she just wanted to credit us correctly. And then she even wrote like a really nice thing in her description of the video that she did about Drew, basically linking to our website and our podcast and giving us a lot of like props. So she used a couple of our photos and each time she shows one. There's even like a link, you know, like at Jersey on there. So I thought that was really cool. cool. How was the bio? It's good. I mean, there were a couple little things that I was like, that's not true or whatever, but it was very well produced. She has a wonderful voice, like, way more professional sounding than us, <laughs> but uh, good editing, good like videos. So yeah, it was great. I'll put a link. Glad that we were able to be a resource for it. I know. That's what I was saying. Like, finally, someone knows that we're useful over here. <laughs> yes. One day, one day we will be the official <laughs> Drew Barrymore historians and yeah. archivist. Yes. So this was funny to me. I don't remember if I said this on air or if this was just in another conversation you and I had off mic. Yeah. That I had told you if we ever had Drew on the show, which fingers crossed that'll happen one day, 
I thought it would be really fun to do that behind the scenes that she does. But I was like, but we should do like weird movies that no one asks her about. (laughs) So I think it was just Friday's episode of the Drew Barrymore show. Gail King was on and that's what she did. (laughs) So she did the behind the scenes to Drew. Okay. And she starts off with Waxwork 2. What the hell? I know. <laughs> Which like props for picking the most random, random credit possible. Yeah. I don't think you can get more random than that, honestly. Yeah. So I was dying. I was first like, damn it, my idea is over now. <laughs> but it was so but cool. But also thank you, Gail, for reading Ashley's yes. mind. Well, and thank you for picking these things that we never hear anything about. Yes. So she said that they shot it at a mall at midnight. Okay. Why at a mall? Who knows? <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> that the director just called her and was like, hey, I need to have two actresses for this quick scene come to the mall. And she's like, well, I'm with my friend. Um, her name was Hadria. And they were like, cool, bring her. She wasn't an actress. And so she's the other girl in the scene. <laughs> and uh, once I had her name, I did like a little digging. And I'm pretty sure there's a couple event candidates, different events in 1990, where you can see her with Drew. So. Oh, my God. I know. It is fun. Like when you think you know everything, it's like, well, but we don't know about waxwork, too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great. Um. They talked about, they did Amy Fisher and she basically just said that like, this was like the sexy roles era and that she was like really nervous to be sexy, which is funny because that certainly doesn't come across in any of this era. Yep. (laughs) Doppelganger. (laughs) Uh, She said she got sent home early from the set, which like never happens so that they could film stuff without her knowing what they were filming. Like what? About how weird the movie got. (laughs) what i know they're like well she might not want to stick with us if we're doing this in here Just, uh, go home early today drew <laughs> wild right it is a super weird movie though yeah oh beyond that'll be quite an episode when we discuss that one and then uh bad girls which she just said was a big deal because it was her first like studio movie back And then the rest of them that they went over were like normal, no big deal. But I was just so impressed to to get these weird credits out of the way. It was so fun. That's amazing. Good job, Gail. (laughs) Uh, And I see in our notes and I'm already dead. I see where you are. I know. This is the thing I'm the most excited about this week. It's been a couple days and I'm still freaking the hell out over these. (laughs) So breathe. uh, Just barely. (laughs) So. I don't even know what was the theme of this TikTok thing. It was like, share your photo library or you'll be hacked or something, right? Yes. It was like some kind of like silly thing. It was like a clearly silly. Like a TikTok trend. Yes. So then Drew, I mean, her. it must have been her people decided to share some of her quote unquote photo library, which in this case included other <laughs> stuff. Just some things, some things like a picture of the inside of her house. And I don't even remember what the other things were because it doesn't freaking matter. Those don't matter. <laughs> um, so three of the pictures were like selfies. Yeah, they're all selfies. Of oh my Drew God. from the 90s. So from like 93 to 95. And uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and describe the first. I can't even breathe. Like, they're just, these killed me. Okay, so this first one. My first instinct was that it was from 93, like around the guest era. 
Mm-hmm. But the more I looked at it and looked at how thin her eyebrows are and the exact length of her hair, I'm thinking this was around when she had her wedding to Jeremy Thomas in 94. Okay. And I sort of remember, I forgot to go check, but I think the like tabloid story that he sold, he said that she went on their Hawaiian honeymoon without him. Oh. And this looks like Hawaii. It definitely looks like Hawaii. I think you might be right on. (laughs) I'm thinking of how blonde her hair is when they're married. Yeah. And it's exactly. And the length of it. I think that you're absolutely right on. So that would be April 94? Yes, I believe so. Okay. So I think that you are 100% right. And I would be shocked (laughs) to hear otherwise. Drew, let us know. Oh my God. It's so gorgeous. Uh, Okay. So the second one, is this the order that they were in in the thing or did you put them in chronological order? (laughs) I put them in chronological order. You know me. (laughs) Okay. So the second one, it looks like pretty clearly 1994- She's got like short pixie haircut, like her bangs are still tiny. Do you think it's about the length of when they would have shot like the Mad Love promo stuff? Oh, yeah, possibly then. Yeah, right around there. Um, So pretty short, maybe it maybe even a little bit shorter than that. You can see she's wearing like maybe a leather type jacket or like a suede jacket. Um, The sunglasses she's wearing are like kind of square. I'm trying to imagine the color. Do you think that they're like purple or something? Oh, I bet they are purple. (laughs) They're so, and I've never seen her wearing sunglasses like this. They seem different. Okay. So I feel like they look kind of familiar, but, but again, I don't know. It's probably just the style of them like feels exactly right. You know, like, I don't know. It's so cool. Looks like she's in a car. She's just exuding cool. I feel like she just really understood her angles taking selfies at that time. Like, if you think about all the ones in interview and a couple other ones we've seen. No, I think she's just got an amazing face. Well, it could be that. But, like, you didn't have a screen that you were looking at back then when you took the picture. You know, you wouldn't know until you developed it. And it's just, like, perfect. She just looks unbelievable. I think her face is just perfect. I mean, I know (laughs) what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely know what you mean. But, yeah. (laughs) It's, like, dreamy. So I'll let you go for the last one, even though you know this one drives me nuts. This is the one that's the most you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this one is from 1995 and she's in like a little thermal, which feels familiar to me. Well, you know what it reminds me of as a thermal that I had that I wore when we went to the Matt Costa show <laughs> oh, the first time we went yeah, together. The troubadour. Yeah, I have a white thermal like this. Well, I don't have any more, but with like f- very light floral Oh my God, that is probably why it's familiar. I wouldn't be surprised if I had gotten that because I saw this, you know, like I don't remember where I got that, but that's what it looks like to me. Wow. That's so cool. And she has her Daisy necklace on and just a little simple bobby pin in her hair. It is perfect. Like here is peak cute 1995 Drew. <laughs> I mean, her eyebrows are also peak thin. Oh yeah. They're almost on non-existent. <laughs> yeah. They're so tiny. Like <laughs> I'm having a hard time even seeing like how many strands of hair there are. <laughs> anyway, it drives me nuts. Um, It's freaking amazing. Like I don't, I can't even tell you why it's amazing. I can't handle the fact that she shares stock images whenever she does like throwbacks, but she's got shit like this that she's saving in her camera roll. <laughs> Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like, did they recently scan a bunch of pictures and so she had these, like, on her I would phone? love to know. Oh my God. But we'll share all three of these um, in the episode page on com if you guys missed these by some chance. But this was beyond thrilling to me. I still haven't gotten over it. 
yeah it's um it's a quite a trip that we have like been focusing so much on 95 yeah. when when we have that episode out yeah it's crazy uh, love it so great we haven't even really even teased what our episode topic is if you read the title good for you <laughs> but you know what this is the point in our episode where we're going to announce our topic what's our topic for this week uh we're gonna do a magazine i've had someone tell us that they really enjoyed these and that they would love more of them they're fun for us so we're gonna talk about one of my personal absolute favorites i think our last one was one of your favorites bizarre 1996 yep this is one of mine. This is for Us Magazine, March 1997. And here we go. Woo. So the photographs are by Mark Seliger. Ger, ger, ger. I got it. Mark Seliger, ger, ger, photographer, ger, ger. Incredible shoot that we'll get into more later. Okay, so article by Chris Heath. Um, an amazing article by Chris Heath, I should have said. Yeah, you know what? I looked him up and he mostly did music journalism. So he has like some books about some bands. So I don't know how he got this gig, but I'm glad yeah. he did. Really cool. Yeah, it's it's really great. Very, I would say, we'll get into this also, but very similar vibe, I'd say, to Bizarre. Mm-hmm. And the hair was by Oscar Blondie, which was the same as the inside uh, photo shoots for Bizarre Magazine. The makeup was by the aforementioned Jillian Fink Dempsey, at the time just Jillian Fink. And then stylists were Kurt and Bart. Um, and I know that this this issue has kind of a special place in your heart. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, this is pre, this came out before I was a Drew fan, but I was really into putting pictures on my wall at this time, as we know. And this was an issue. It was like a young Hollywood issue. So there were lots of different young celebrities featured they each had like a page and so it was a perfect like full pages to put on the wall yeah so I think that's probably why I bought it and so I had it and I definitely I at least put the butterfly picture on my wall just because it was so pretty and then I don't remember like going back to it but clearly I did like once I became a Drew fan I was probably like oh I have this magazine let me go through it and the article just really ties into like my early days of feeling enamored by her so yeah I think it's just like one of it's just one of those really early ones for me that I tie back to my my Drewby origins yeah we'll get more into the pictures um okay let's do it let's talk about them now so if I had one gripe about this magazine it would be the incredibly odd choice to use a photo on the cover that is not from the shoot I don't understand it I'll never understand it. Um, well, I had a realization really quick. I'm going to say, because okay. we talked about this with, with Interview Magazine yes. 95. I think that the cover of a magazine is like a trailer for the magazine as like a trailer for a movie. Sure. Because I'm trying to think of like, there's probably a different team who works on the cover mm. than who works on the interior. Yeah, maybe. You know how like trailers are edited by like somebody else right <laughs> so i'm just wondering if that explains this even though it's weird so go ahead and explain what's on the cover of this magazine from 1997 i really wish it was something from the shoot but that's not to say it's not a great cover because it is a mark seliger <laughs> photo and it is from the rolling stone photo shoot it's an outtake it's very it's the same setup as the cover of rolling stone where she just has the daisies in her hair and it's like she's naked but you can't tell in this picture because it's so close up on her face very yep. cute um i had a realization because it took me years and i can't explain 
this, but it took me years to realize that her hair was red in these photos. Okay. On um, the interior photos. And I think it's because back then I didn't realize the cover was a different shoot and her hair is blonde. So I think I just like had blonde in my head when it came to these photos for a really long time. <laughs> That's interesting, but I feel like I remember having us having a conversation about the color for her hair in the candles one. Oh, interesting. And maybe we can talk about that more in a minute. Okay. Okay, so I'll go ahead and jump to the fold-out cover. I loved when magazines did this, and I still do. Like, I always love a dual cover situation. I know. You know what's so funny? I was at uh, Barnes & Noble earlier tonight. And my husband picked up flaunt and I was like, oh, I love flaunt. Do they still do the dual cover? And they do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am with you. Why is it so special? It just is. So this image is like, I don't know how many times I said iconic in the last episode, but this is iconic. <laughs> it is. So you just have to see it if you haven't seen it, but it's where her butterfly tattoo on her belly is exposed in the most like beautiful, tender, but also like sexy way. Totally. So she's got like jeans on, they're unbuttoned so you can see the top of her underwear, which I know we mentioned something in the last episode, so we'll come back to that. And then you can see the bottom of like a pink midriff shirt of some kind. Even just the hand placement is really sexy. Do you know what I mean? Ugh. Yeah, I don't, it's just, and you, that's it. Like we should mention that you don't see her, the rest of her. There's, you can't see her face or anything. It's literally just the shot of her belly. It's close up, but not hyper close up. It's like, it's okay. You can kind of see the flower tattoo, which is like not something we see very often, but she is kind of covering it. I wonder if that was on purpose because she doesn't like that tattoo. <laughs> what I was going to say is that you mentioned in the 95 episode that there was a, was it Lollapalooza or was it one of the other music tours where she had like her underwear sticking up over her pants? Yeah, a couple times. And I don't, that doesn't sound like it should be cool, but she totally made it work and she does here too. <laughs> That's so interesting. And it's also like, I'm so not a low rise jeans person. So I'm like low rise under, or sorry, high rise underwear, high rise pants. <laughs> like, yeah. like Drew talks about with her grandma panties. <laughs> I'm like way up there. Like, don't look at my belly. God. So like this, this picture, I mean, I feel like from the moment I saw it, I felt the way I do now. Like, I feel like it yeah. just never loses its charm. And I don't, I can't, I don't really understand more than any of the other pictures in this magazine. It's just one of the all time greats. It's just it's wonderful. So, cool. so even though I don't want to move on, <sighs> let's move on. Um, and I know that you love this piece for obvious reasons. Yeah. And What's cool is that um, the, so the, now you get into actual the feature and it does say on the very first page portfolio by Mark Seliger, ah. which I think is really cool because this really does have a lot of really great photos. Yes. Us used to be a totally different magazine. For those that you don't know, you might think of it as what it is now, which is like Us Weekly, a tabloid basically. Yeah. But back then it was a really cool publication that always had amazing photography and features. Absolutely. So, I miss that. <laughs> okay. So the first thing in the feature is a two page, which you really love a two page spread, <laughs> and it, you actually have to hold it sideways and it's Drew dressed as a butterfly on some train tracks. And she's got these huge, beautiful wings. She has this like very almost forlorn look on her face. Uh -huh. Like it's just, uh, she's wearing like a little nylon suit with just a little bit of embellishments over like 
the body parts that she needs hidden. Yep. You can see her cross tattoo. It's just gorgeous. I have a theory that most of these photos were taken in Texas because that's where the article was. Yeah, done that would make sense. While she was filming Home Fries, and it, this sort of. Not that I've ever been to Texas, but it sort of tracks with what I would imagine it looks like there. Yeah. And then I will just mention that we have seen just one outtake. Uh, we shared it recently on our Drusium Instagram. Our friend Missy, she has a poster that was an Us promotional poster, like an ad for Us. And it had an incredible outtake of this butterfly setup. Um, do you kind of remember the drama of this poster? Um, my recollection is that someone won an auction on like Yahoo and I have Amazon auctions. Yes. Okay. And then Missy contacted the seller and offered more money. Yeah. Oh, you do remember. <laughs> Am I remembering it like fully? That is it. Yeah. It was Holly. Okay. That was who. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. <laughs> but it is really 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 amazing <laughs> really cool <laughs> i don't blame her <laughs> yeah i mean it, you know what the drew collecting world was dog eat dog then it really was it's like <laughs> there was some real competition with like rob brink missy holly Anita was probably really in at that time. Yeah. Venus yeah. was really in at that time. Like, I don't, I was never Ryan. really in the competitive stuff because I was never going to, I never could pay that much. I mean, to be fair, I was in high school. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember, like, I don't remember things getting messy necessarily, but this did, this did cause some drama. <laughs> um, we are glad it's in our circle, though, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's for sure. Freaking amazing. Um, once again, hard to move on from there, but I really love this one. next one. Yeah. There's something so charming about it. So like the main element of it, including Drew, is she's sitting inside of a wagon and there's an older man wearing a suit and a cowboy hat in the front pulling her and then a man behind <laughs> her in like dress pants and a flannel. Like they, the guys both look, they're like Texas in their seventies <laughs> or something. Like it really does. It kind of does scream like rural Texas. Yeah. She's wearing overalls. It almost looks like no shirt underneath, but it's probably like a tank top. I do think it's no shirt. It definitely looks like no shirt in the other pictures, but there were some outtakes that just surfaced that like blew our minds. Oh my gosh. Speaking yeah. of things blowing our minds. I know. That's going to be so the next couple of pictures we'll be mentioning that an uh, like photo agency recently posted some outtakes. Unfortunately, we only have access to the thumbnails, but even those were enough to, you know, make us crazy. So we'll yep. share those on the episode page. You got to go check them out. Yep. You absolutely do. The next picture is also a full page. That's what, another thing that's special about these. They're all full pages. Um, and she's wearing the same outfit that she is in the belly butterfly picture. So you can see the jeans and the underwear peeking up and the little pink crop top. Yep. And she's standing on top of a bar and she's dancing. And there's like a girl looking up at her like, ooh, Drew, you're so fun. <laughs> <laughs> um in the outtake that surfaced there's one of her and that same girl again the girl's like totally checking her out and drew's blowing smoke rings so you know that's one of her tricks that she and can i'm do. <laughs> and i'm actually looking at it right now and she's like holding the woman around her waist yeah it's definitely like supposed to be a little flirtatious <laughs> 
So I don't know which setup this would be like part of, or it's just a totally new one. Yeah, I think it's its own thing. This picture, and I kind of alluded to it earlier that there's a picture with candles where you can't really tell her hair color. And the reason why is the picture has this like, like the warmth of the image mm. is so like it's captured so deeply that the color like looks overall like yellow orange completely so you could almost and i i know i didn't describe it very well but it's like a beautiful portrait of her and she's like literally surrounded in a bunch of candles but the warmth of that and the incredible outtake that i see that we have <laughs> oh god you could almost believe that she's like blonde and it's just tinted because of the totally. candles in the outtake Hold on, I just I'm looking closely right now at what she's wearing. Oh. Oh, she's wearing like a bunch of like jeweled necklaces. Yes. Which I never really noticed before. And then maybe like a sparkly tank top. Yeah, I can't tell. She also could She be could topless. be nude. Yeah, she could be <laughs> nude. Oh my god, to see more of these. Ugh. Do we just have one outtake? Just one. Yep. I mean, and it just came it just surfaced like within the last two months. So that's pretty insane because this was so freaking long ago 25 god. years oh my god <laughs> i do want to know it's interesting that all the photos that they printed in the magazine she has her hair in that same exact pulled up style yeah but there are outtakes that her hair is down and when we get to those we'll talk about them but they're like different setups than any of these pictures super interesting too sexy <laughs> <laughs> so the other pictures in the magazine include um one of jade at the barrymore stamp event so there was a there was an event in um what year was that 80 uh, 82 is pretty soon right right before et came out i actually don't even think i realized that was from the stamp event but there, there was a barrymore stamp that was issued beginning that year and there's a cute it's actually a really cute picture of her and jade in front of wait for some reason i thought this was in front of the barrymore theater yeah it is oh okay you can't see it in the picture but i guess i just knew that some part of you knew yeah and then there's also another picture of drew with luke at the everyone says i love you premiere for some reason, I have a soft, soft spot for this, like, what they look like at this event, and I don't know why. Oh, well, she does look really beautiful. Oh, well, I just thought of another reason, is because you got me a shell bracelet. Yes! I was going to mention um, that E! Scream press junket interview I have where the woman was asking her about jewelry. Yeah. She, we had watched it together, and she says, like, I just got a bracelet from my boyfriend, and it has seashells on it, and that's the most beautiful thing. And then we realized that this was she's wearing it at that premiere and then i don't remember where i was but i found bracelets exactly like them and i bought them for us yeah so we talked about our our hemp daisy necklaces in the previous episode yeah. or a couple episodes ago no previous episode and now we're talking about our other copycat drew jewelry <laughs> <So fun. laughs> and I, i'm sure i still have this and the hemp necklace somewhere God, i don't think i have either of them sadly and then there is one more photo that got printed in the May issue of Us because they had their letters to the editor section. And yep. um, this is an outtake that doesn't look like anything else. We've never seen anything else from the setup. Her hair is more like up in a ponytail or something. It's different. Yep. And she's wearing a different pink halter crop top. And she's just got her hands in her pocket. You can see her butterfly tattoo. And she's got a big smile on her face. And it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's where um, are the rest of these to die for? Oh my gosh. I think <laughs> Mark. And and I think it took me a while. Mark, give them to us, please. <laughs> please, please. please. 
I didn't get this like the clipping of this for quite a while like i'm sure i, I okay. think i had us for quite some time and then i finally got this i was like oh my god like it's there was something Ugh. really cool that i don't know if magazines still do it but they'd have an outtake in a later issue often linked to a a letter yeah oh there's at least one other a really amazing example is it the us oh the uh playboy playboy has like the oh picture really the cute ice. one yes yeah and then Ugh. isn't there also one for the the like later us like yeah and that one has um a letter from missy remember i just sent you a picture of that? oh yeah yes 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 <laughs> so that was also like a really cool so love that i mean it's something that a collector like you have to seek out issues for a couple months yeah, later sometimes so to get like what i think is kind of the complete part of it while we're mentioning that this is off topic but not <laughs> i just had an amazing discovery an hour ago that the newest drew magazine has there's like a dear drew advice section and our friend katie has a question in there which is so Yay. fun so she's at starry cat and she's got the first question i just texted it to her i don't know if she's seen it yet but that was really a fun i like literally screamed out out loud <laughs> <laughs> yay katie we love you <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to get into some outtakes, which are things that were not featured in the original issue. You know, if we want to include the one from the um, from the letters to the editors that we mentioned previously. Sure, that's part of it. <laughs> the Okay, so I remember the first time I saw one of these ones, I was like, is this real? Yeah, same. I got it in a clippings pack. Oh. From eBay. I probably showed it to you. I wonder if that's how I, like, I was like, this has to be. Photoshopped photoshop <laughs> so this picture like the description of it sounds like so innocuous but it's like okay this i'm just gonna say first of all i feel like this looks like it belongs in like rolling stone from 2000 it is like a similar setup to that you're right like the old house which is probably also mark seliger it is <laughs> okay so anyway in this piece she's wearing like like a tiger outfit but it's not like she looks like an actual tiger it's just like tiger skin like bathing suit with a tail that's like <laughs> kinked up like in a little a little s shape so weird and then fishnets and some like really cute kind of shiny looking like they look like 30s or 40s dancing shoes or something and she's laying on the ground and she has her hair down we mentioned that like none of the ones the magazine issue she has her hair down and yeah, you must, this, it has to be in the situation where you were like, what am I looking at? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how quickly we figured out that it was an outtake from 97 because the mm. actual clipping you have, it's foreign probably, right? I'm sure it is. Um, And do you know if it's dated? No, I don't think so. And okay. I remember seeing the picture on eBay, like, you know, it was just a bunch of clippings. And you could see that one small and being like, what is that? I have to buy this pack because I yep. don't know what this is. And it's still like, a very one-off weird i don't think we've ever seen any other ones in this tiger bodysuit it's just it's very different i mean it's fun but it's also like what <laughs> like when i just when i'm describing it i feel like what image is getting in people's minds <laughs> is it right <laughs> it's way cooler than it sounds <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> one thing i just noticed about this th these pictures is that she's wearing so much pink yeah it is interesting there's a lot of pink in these like to play on the red hair maybe yeah it's kind of an, an interesting choice it is but i love pink so it's fine i know i know you do <laughs> love pink and then there's another piece that's kind of goes along with this because she's also wearing like kind of a lingerie situation i don't even know how to describe this other than like 
She's got pink tights, a pink kind of like lingerie situation, and she's laying on a mattress with pink stripes. Like there's so much stuff going on. Yeah. And now that you mentioned the comparison to Rolling Stone from 2000, like this feels like it could go in that setup as well because it is. I think she is wearing like thigh highs. She in is, one of those, right? Yes, yeah. with with like Must the have... garter and everything. I wonder if he like wasn't satisfied with these images and was like, "We're gonna revisit this in a couple years." Okay, so the last setup um, is in an old truck, and she's wearing a really cool pink crochet top, which I don't know. I really dig this on her. Yeah, she's wearing those same jeans from the bar setup that have the giant holes in the knees. Yeah. And the recent outtake that just surfaced from this, she's sitting in between two like male models, which is random. But uh, again, these like her hair is down in these, which it's different. Like you can really tell her hair is red in these ones when it's down. Yes. It's so much more obvious. So I give myself a little a little bit of a break for not knowing it wasn't blonde <laughs> in the other ones. Yep. <laughs> Woo, so those are the images. I mean, we're talking about some really cool stuff here. We will put a lot of these up on the episode page. Make sure you look at them because they are gorgeous and worth checking out. Absolutely. And now we'll jump into this incredible article that um, stands oh the test of time and has many, many Druisms. I could literally just sit here and like highlight every other paragraph and there would be a Druism in it. I know. And so many of these have just like lived rent free in my brain for all these years. <laughs> yes. So many of them. So let's jump in. It's such a good one. So the article opens with an excerpt from Drew's journal written in a New York bar in December of 1996, um, where she writes about liking being alone, smoking, and and loving writing. Um, and it was the origin of this quote that kind of has followed her, or it did at least like for a few years at this time, I would say. Um, there are people in the universe who will not, and I don't know why, get along or have their energy agree. So just walk away respecting individuality, kiss it off, as they say, because if anything, kisses, even to the air, are beautiful. So I think the part that followed her was the kisses, even to the air, are beautiful. Yeah, I, I actually just heard it on something recently. Like I was like, wow, that quote is still making the rounds. But also <laughs> the way that it works with the like last part, you know, so like, so just walk away respecting in individuality kiss it off as they say because if anything kisses even to the air are beautiful love it so drew so 90s drew yep <laughs> so then she talks about how she considers the current stage of her life to have started on her 20th birthday so <laughs> not that much time had gone by yep she said she never thought she would live like past 20 so when that happened she realized she could stop like rushing through life and finally like slow down wow <laughs> which really tracks with sort of you know, how her behaviors at least publicly changed at this time. Yeah, totally. I mean, we kind of were talking about a change in her that we saw to like towards a more mature kind of settled person when we did the December 96. Bizarre. bizarre. <laughs> when we did the when we did the bizarre issue, I feel like we were talking about this like slowing down. Yeah. And this was exactly from the same time. So and then she also said at this time she was feeling like she was getting really typecast after choosing some bad girl roles and that was terrifying her. So that probably kind of goes along with the sort of changes that she was making personally and professionally. Trying to grow up a little bit. Yeah. The uh, 
interviewer asked how she felt about her performance and everyone says, I love you. And her response was that her ego won't let her answer, which I don't really <laughs> know what that means. I think it means she was proud, but she doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> okay. The uh, writer points out that she frequently says that she doesn't judge people, that maybe that's because she doesn't want to be judged herself, which I think is an astute observation. It tracks. I think that's definitely true. Sounds accurate. So she had met the writer in an Austin hotel bar. I guess you already said you thought it was Texas, but we don't know when the pictures were taken versus. Correct. Yeah. So she was reading Tim Robbins' Still Life with Woodpecker, which her character is reading in Fifty First Dates and kind of is carrying it around. And I don't even know if they really mention it, but I feel like that was kind of a character thing that she put into the movie, right? Yeah, well, the funny thing, so, you know, she's said for a long time it's one of her favorites. So I, at some point, I finally, like, picked it up to read it. And I happened to read it when I was in Hawaii by coincidence. Okay. And the book takes place in Hawaii. So I think that's why she chose it for 51st Dates. Oh, wow. There's maybe other reasons. I don't remember anything about it besides the Hawaii connection. But uh, that's sort of my guess. Oh, that's cool. And in the next part of the magazine, it says that they covered more than 10 topics in the like first 45 minutes of talking. Right. It was like something like, like, yeah. yeah, there were so there were flying through so many topics. Um, and it and we picked a few of our favorite little quotes that come out of this part. So go for it. Um, one thing she said was all the guys I've ever been in love with have always been quirky, smart, funny guys, which I feel like we've talked about a couple of times recently. Yeah, we have. So I was like, we got to include that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she said this is just like sweet and talks about her growth and her feeling better about herself in this time of her life. She said, I used to look in the mirror and feel shame. I look in the mirror now and I absolutely love myself, which is so great and wonderful. Yeah, I love that. And then another one I thought was cool is she was talking about Eric Erlinson and said, I would yell with great ferociousness at anyone who spoke anything less than beautifully about Eric. Oh, and at that point, she's talking about her previous partner because she was at this point with Luke Wilson. Yeah. So that's really sweet. And I've met Eric and he's, he was very kind. <laughs> so Wait, I would what? never, I don't remember that. I would never speak with ferociousness, ferociousness about him. Um, I briefly met him at, I'm blanking on what it's called right now. An event? Yeah. Sunset Junction. It's, it was like a, oh, you remember? Yeah. And I, don't you and Jolena have a picture with him? We do. And I actually like, oh my God. kind of said like, hi, um, I loved your, your ex. <laughs> I said something like, I'm a really big fan of Drew Barrymore, and, like, I don't remember how I even said it, but I do remember I that he said something like, Drew is the best. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot about that. Ah, that's so cool. He was very sweet, and he was with the director, Vincent Gallo, who, um... Oh, yeah, random. Yeah, who did, um... It's called Brown Bunny and Buffalo 66. That is so cool. Yeah. But anyway, he was very sweet. And this at this at that point, it would have been probably about 10 years later. Is that all? That's crazy. But yeah, that seems right. <laughs> Something like that. And he was oh, very so sweet cool. about her. So the next part of the article, the waitress interrupts because a man and his wife say they're supposed to have dinner with her. And she's really confused and kind of panicking. And it turned out to be filmmaker Terrence Malick and his wife and she'd forgot she made plans with them <laughs> so they joined them together and drew said something really sweet about terrence malik and his wife she said i walked away from that dinner literally being most inspired by their love for each other so 
so cute. Yeah, well, the writer said this is the type of thing that happens when you hang out with Drew Barrymore. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <Which> I love. <laughs> okay, so then the next morning, uh, Drew drives herself and the writer, uh, well, Chris Heath, we don't want to keep saying his name because he's not our friend like Jonathan <laughs> Van Meter. <laughs> um, she drives them in her van to the home price set, which I was like cracking up. It was a van because she drives a minivan now. Um, and she she says, I start looking around and forget I'm driving. And then whenever they pass a field of cows, she yells, hi, hello, how you doing? Generally followed by hope you're dairy, which I totally remember. This is so embarrassing, but I totally remember stealing that sometime on a road trip <laughs> like and not being like, that's a Drew Barrymore thing, like acting like I made it up. You said hope you're dairy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really cute. Oh god. That's really cute. Um also uh when I drive around in Maine, sometimes there are wild turkeys. Oh. And wow. I can tell that they're female turkeys, so I'll open my window and I'll go, "Hi ladies." And oh, every time cute. every time I do it, I feel like Drew. Well, there you go. I to be honest, I feel like this is something we should would do and I'm genuinely doing it like I love animals, so I want to like I'm also like, get out of the road, turkeys, you know. Yeah, but maybe subconsciously your memory remembers this <laughs> and it's like, this is the connection. I love it. I hope you stay wild. <laughs> <laughs> I hope no one's taking you for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Which, by the way, this is our Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Well, not everyone. The, for those who... Uh, uh, celebrate <laughs> we can all have thankfulness and appreciation for this beautiful magazine yes and i hope you're dairy i mean <laughs> this next part um is kind of funny and i kind of i like how the topics kind of flow in this part yeah so in the makeup chair she's complaining and praising her boobs um <laughs> she says something like they're always in the way yeah which she also says in bizarre 96 oh how so funny she's just been really feeling top heavy yep <laughs> this time. yep and uh she's putting on her foam pregnant belly for home fries and she says it smells like pancake batter <laughs> and then just like it i oh the one thing that i forgot to say is that she wishes she could take her boobs off at night <laughs> and then they talk about her putting on the belly so it was just like a very like the images are really wonderfully interwoven in this portion of the profile yeah and then she says, playing a pregnant woman doesn't want to make her have a baby because she already wanted one so badly. And then she says, um, I'll wait till the time is right. That could be this month and it could be in five years. And how much longer was it? Yeah, so 16 years later was when she had Olive, which is wild. Totally. She really was in the like mode of it when she was in her early time with Luke. Like yep. it seemed like she really wanted that and. Yeah, time wasn't right. You know, she waited till it was. It's just good. And like we said before, her life would have been so different. Yeah, it's so interesting to think about. Yep. Um, so then she's chatting with the all female makeup crew. And I thought that was fun because we can be pretty sure Kim Green and Barbara Alvera were there. <laughs> so they talk about flowers and spirituality and animal rights. And she says that she had threatened to walk off the set of the movie a few days earlier to stop the crew from killing a wasp that was disrupting filming. Oh, Drew. <laughs> so Drew. <laughs> oh, Drew. I mean, I've been stung by a wasp once and it's not pleasant. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I'd rather shoo them away as well. I mean, I, I'm a person who takes spiders outside, so. Oh, you're nicer than me. <laughs> I'm like, kill it! Get it out of here! <laughs> While the writers on set, they film the scene at the Burgermatic where Drew is apologizing to Luke's character 
for her drunk father. Um, and the writer says you wouldn't have known they were dating because Drew was like so professional and they weren't like sitting on each other's laps, which it tracks for Drew. I feel like I'm wondering how she was about their privacy, like about them dating for real or not. Well, yeah, because at this time she wasn't like making his identity known whenever she spoke about him. Good so point. Maybe that- kind of went along with that yeah totally but I guess the writer did know they were dating so it's like yeah it's really true. interesting because actually this is interesting so I'm just like realizing like it wouldn't have been public information so I wonder how long before this they went like open about their relationship you know yeah it was probably very new yeah so that's really interesting to think about because um they do not say who it is in Bizarre 96 no they never do it's just interesting to think that that's only three months later I think that everyone says I love you premiere was January 97. So that like maybe at that point, because they obviously there we go together. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. So um, she was cast with Luke in home fries and at the time it was called independence, but later was renamed to best men. And um, they were cast together as love interests before they ever even met. And about their first meeting, we I had to pull this quote, even though we just mentioned this on another podcast. It's but worth it's, it. It's a good one. <laughs> so she says, quote, I just remember looking at him and I was so embarrassed. I've never had love at first sight. And he was the first person I've ever had it with. And I thought for sure he'd be able to read it right in my face. And I remember looking down in embarrassment and seeing his shoes sort of light brown suede, real nondescript, unostentatious, cute shoes. They seem to me to look like camels that I would trek across any desert to follow. (laughs) That's like the most romantic Drew thing ever. (laughs) It totally is. The camels thing is like one of those things that just gets locked into your brain forever. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) She also reads a poem that she wrote on an airplane. It's just like, I don't know if it's a portion of it or if this is the whole thing. It says, making love is as high and low as one can go, like color having camaraderie in a tangled rainbow. Oh, man, this is so like good words. This, these are the things where I was just like, yep, I'm really going to like this girl. Like I'm <laughs> into her. <laughs> I was just feeling this vibe. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Oh, OK, so I really like this next part and I'll explain why. So they're driving again and she says that she has to have total control over the windows like nobody else can touch the windows. She said it's a weird claustrophobic trip I have. I'm completely fearless. I mean, even death. I'm not afraid of death except about windows. My weird pet peeve. And the writer then is like, oh, Uh, unrelated quote unquote there's a scene in mad love where her character is locked up in the movie and she could tap into that because she was in real life so then he's like do you think these things are related (laughs) and it says Barrymore looks surprised for a while she doesn't say anything and then she says yeah that's exactly where it comes from Back then, the windows were always closed and there was nothing she could do about it. Mm -hmm. I would love, she says forlornly, to have controlled my windows there. When I see the sky, I appreciate it. So, I mean, the main thing here to me is because, like, I feel like she got a lot of teasing for that video. Was it this year or last year? I think it was this year. Yeah, where she's doing the apartment reno and she, like, finds a window that was covered up and she, like cries about it yeah and you know people are like oh that's so ridiculous but when you when you know, know about this, this yeah <laughs> it's like it makes perfect sense that I remember immediately connecting it I feel like the teasing was very similar to her like rain thing where it was like yeah. 
there's a window. Like I'm sure Chloe Feynman probably did yes, like a, a did. an imitation of both of them. But the window thing, like I, I remember vividly watching that video and feeling like, yeah, this is exactly that person. This is exactly her. She's always felt this way about like being able to see, you know, and like having freedom. Yeah, she's. I mean, I, like this is probably one of the things I remember the most was this quote from this magazine. But I know she said this mm. before. Yeah, she talks about it on Inside the Actor Studio. Okay. I remember she talks about being able to, like, when they'd once in a while, like, get to take a field trip out of the lockdown, and she would see, like, a traffic light and just be like, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever yeah. seen. Like, do people understand how lucky they are to get to see these things? So it's all connected. Yep, totally. And just, like, her crying over her recent, like, window discovery, it just shows that she's so, like, <laughs> in touch with everything that she... Yeah has ever but gone she through still like wishes she could control the windows <laughs> yep so this was a funny part in the article and really like cracked me up but it was like a cute story i like that you could almost be like be there and not be there yeah you know like it's sort of like a like a bottle episode portion of this article totally so she sees a sign for live snakes and she pulls over this old man takes them to a gravel pit filled with snakes. No, thank you. And then shows them a tarantula and Drew freaks out. But she decides to touch it to get over her fear. And this, this like, description of what she's wearing. I know. So, like, part of it is, like, I love the detail. But then it's, like, I don't know. It sets the scene even more in a great way. So it says she's wearing a pajama top and a ludicrous fluffy pink coat. She screams and it's done. <laughs> It is. And like, if you actually read it, it goes into a little more detail, but it's really a funny. Yeah. We'll, we'll have the whole article transcribed. So you guys, if you want to get the like nitty gritty, tiny little details, you can. Yeah. But that's that's basically what happens. Yep. And it's fun. It's just a fun little like anecdote to throw in there. Yeah, totally. Um, The next part of the article spends quite a bit of time on this topic. She talks about how she had recently given up hard alcohol, like it wasn't serving her anymore. So she only drinks beer and wine. And then she gets a little annoyed because the writer like keeps pushing this topic. Okay. And she's annoyed about people's judgment over it, which I think was also in Rolling Stone, if I'm correct, like this kind of topic about feeling judged for drinking. Yeah. So she says, quote, I think because I've grown up in front of people, People have a tendency to have a maternal judgment. You should do this. You should do that. Mm -hmm. And what's so funny is, did you ever stop to think that you don't know me? Although I've been willing because I've grown up in the public eye and all this stuff has happened to me to bear my soul. There's a part of me that now asks for your trust in me rather than your doubt. Your doubt will not do me any good. Yeah. And I was just listening to something. It might have been an old episode, but she was talking about like quitting drinking recently. Yeah. Um, or that she maybe stopped a while ago and it was sort of like letting go of like a demon that wasn't really hadn't really taken hold of her like what was she saying about it recently can you recall any of like the well I think it's been about two years okay. and I think she just basically felt like she was sort of numbing herself after the divorce and all that um, okay and she realized it wasn't serving her I love that it, I love that her growth is like she was able to casually drink for such a long time, despite what she's feeling here in 1997. So when I heard her say that recently, it felt like she was connecting it to earlier points in her life. 
but in a subtle way. Yeah. Like, do you agree? Like, it's sort of like she's like, I've had this problem, but now I've made this decision Mm -hmm. to take, like, kind of take charge of her life and find inner happiness without that crutch. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. And I don't want to, like, be too um, assuming here, but in the episode of the Drew Barrymore show where she, like, really gets into this stuff with Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. She says that she went to Utah which I don't know if everyone knows this, but Utah is very known for their rehabs. There's like a ton of rehab programs there. Oh, I didn't know that. So I'm that she basically says like she went to Utah to like deal with this. So, wow. That's all she wanted to offer. I'm not going to. Okay. That's <laughs> go any really interesting. I mean, if she wants to open up about it one day and have our podcast be the place where she does, <laughs> I won't say no. This is a safe place. This is a very safe place. <laughs> So then she talks about the Female Health Foundation, which I think came up previously on our podcast, um, and she praises the female condom. Um, and she said she, she hands out samples of female condoms on the home fry set, which is really sweet. I love it. <laughs> I love yeah. that she did that. <laughs> and just because we've talked about it briefly, the Female Health Foundation, she had done some events for them and then eventually did do a commercial that talked about the female condom. Yeah, she'd already done the commercial by this point. Yeah, she had her black hair. That's right. And then there are some points where, or there, there are a few paragraphs where there are words of praise from Edward Norton. Do we want to even say his name? <laughs> HW, <laughs> why do you keep coming up in our podcast? <laughs> um, and then uh, Wes Craven and Tim Roth. Um, I particularly liked what Tim Roth said about her. Like, I guess I should say I liked it because it was so... Um, real but also kind of sad it's a little creepy <laughs> yeah he says like that because she's so like beautiful and sexy that it's hard for people to see past that and he kind, but he kind of says that doesn't he kind of say like she's achieving it yeah i guess so i guess i couldn't get past the part where he says the directors just want to yeah that's be true her <laughs> ever that's true um then she talks about what she calls her taking off her clothes phase <laughs> And that, you know, if you want to know more about that, go listen to our last episode about 1995. <laughs> yep. Um, she said that those phases only last so long and you want to be on your deathbed knowing that you lived fully. So she said it was about promoting freedom and comfortability. And she says, the only message I had, if there is one, was just to be happy and comfortable in your skin. It was never about exhibitionism. And we really touched on that in the last episode. We, you know, we knew that was the case. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I also like that she fought that she says following the taking off her clothes phase was the scarf period where she didn't show anything and made a very like conscious decision to try to keep herself out of the gossip columns. Um, and speaking of gossip, she also addresses the rumor about her and Val Kilmer having hooked up. Um, and she said she was on an elevator with his wife and just kind of approached her and said she would never do that and that they're just friends. Um, she seems very defensive about this. I mean, she has a right to be, but it's just so interesting because like over the years, anybody she was like walking with on the street, she was like, it was her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. And her and Val Kilmer like barely have a scene together in Batman Forever. So, I mean, I could see if they thought like she was dating Jim Carrey, but <laughs> who knows? Who knows how the tabloids come up with these ideas? Yep. And <laughs> um, she also laughs at other gossip that say that she's the, quote, new lesbian on the block. 
So she thinks that's really funny. And she says that she's always liked women, but that she hadn't been with one in two years. And I thought that was interesting because we were talking in the last episode about how Jane Pratt said that they had like some sort of fling. Yep. So and this would kind of line up time-wise. Tracks. Yeah. But, you know, one day we'll find out. <laughs> one day yeah. this will be a big clarification in our uh, not oopsie daisies because we're doing like <laughs> internal detective work. Yeah. Or if she ever does like more of a tell-all memoir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then she gets into the Letterman flashing. Again, if you want to know more about that, listen to our last episode. And we should have put this quote in there because this is perfect. So she says, quote, definitely one of the best moments of my life. I'm just standing there on Dave Letterman's desk. And the only thing that's going through my mind is, what are you doing? It was never planned. I just did it. And that was so liberating. For the rest of my life, I get to go back to that memory anytime I want. (laughs) (laughs) So she talks about having a crush on Dave Letterman her whole life because of his intellect and humor and charisma. (laughs) And the... The author asks her if she has, if he has boyfriend material or if he's, if Dave Letterman is boyfriend material, but she said every time she sees him, she's with somebody else and she never dared to ask him out. Let's go to Walmart. (laughs) All right. (laughs) For some beautiful candles and socks, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So Drew takes them to Walmart to get socks because she says all of hers have holes in them. She also says that she loves getting all cotton underwear in packs of three, the magic number. (laughs) She's telling another shopper who's nearby that she wishes that they had the Spider-Man underwear in her size. (laughs) And the girl recognizes Drew's voice and freaks out. She says she has a friend who supposedly looks like Drew. She calls her. The friend shows up. She doesn't really look like Drew, which (laughs) totally tracks. (laughs) And they all chat. It's just cute. But the reason I say that is because I feel like there's been a lot of drew quote-unquote lookalikes over the years that you're like oh absolutely (laughs) absolutely but then there's something about lookalike they all look like yes yes so there's something about that a lot of people who who have been told they look like her or think they look like her look like each other but not drew yeah it's weird (laughs) also just imagining myself as like a fan in 1995 if i was a fan in 1995 hearing her voice oh i know like (laughs) that person's voice and I don't know. It's just like, okay, um, that would be a really great encounter. (laughs) It's so fun. Um, In addition to socks, they buy cassettes and cheesy art prints to use Mm -hmm. the frames for pressing flowers, which I love. Mm -hmm. People started to kind of come around and ask her for autographs. And she said uh, when they're back in the car that she feels like there's a bullseye in the middle of her forehead. And when I read that, I was a little bit like, I know she means that attention's always on her, but I was a little bit like, was she uncomfortable? Yeah, it sounded like she was, which is interesting because she never really talks about being uncomfortable with being approached in public. Yeah. But maybe this like got a little out of hand. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I know. I had a little bit of like, a, oh, <laughs> yeah, same. Um. So then she goes into a little bit about her dad, which feels like this has come up so many times in all the articles that we've read. Yep. Um, both her parents. So she said that she recently like came across her dad on Sunset Boulevard. He was in the passenger seat of like a car next to her. Yeah. She says, uh, of course he's in the passenger seat because he can't even drive a bicycle. Those are her words. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, so they like reconnected and she got him a place in Santa Monica, but she says she doesn't check up on him. Like she's not his mother. Yeah. And she appreciated that he didn't want to be traditional and talk every day, but she thinks that her mom 
like did want that, but she kind of was more into the vibe of not doing that. <laughs> Interesting. Speaking of Jade, she does go into her relationship with her mother a little bit. And it's kind of the same story as we've been reading every time. Yeah, over and up. over yeah. again. It's so true. Um, so she said, I don't think it's our time yet. I just think it's smart. We just have completely different interests in life. Utterly opposite. Yin and Yang. And then the interviewer kind of presses her and Barrymore chooses her words carefully. I feel like I need to sense growth between us as individuals that I don't sense from her yet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And like, this is the same thing. Like I said, the same thing she's been saying. I know. And I feel like not only is it the same thing, but in all of them, she like has these like pauses and like discomfort about it so it's just a raw subject for her absolutely and i think while we know it still is yeah you know we (laughs) forever just if you want to kind of look at her interview with Jeanette mccurdy that just it is a complete 100 percent indicator that she still feels this way about it yeah so um it does talk about jade's book and <laughs> drew said yeah that seemed appropriate for her <laughs> but drew herself only flipped through it because she obviously doesn't want sex tips from her mom <laughs> uh but she did not like that jade posed for playboy months after her she thought that was inappropriate which yeah agreed she's clearly like riding on drew's coattails with that agreed and awkward i just have to say that something i never really really realized about profiles like this is that they meet for multiple meetings and i I'm, yeah i feel like jonathan sort of made like, us aware made that very clear to us yeah. yeah so like now here we're in another day at a mexican restaurant for breakfast and um drew expresses that she's feeling really anxious about christmas time with luke's family and talks about how she's always alone for the holidays which i was like thinking about it i'm like why and i'm like oh well it's not like she's going to a specific families every year. And I, I really like thinking about that. It was like not long after this that she really, really started building a family with like Nancy's family. Yeah. I mean, I think that she had been for a while. Um, but it's like, like I, when I read this, I was like, really? You know, because she can't she can't exaggerate at times, but it's like, no, she probably really does spend a lot of time alone um, at this time. Yeah. And I think she's kind of back to that like i feel like there's been oh like her kids go with their dad yeah i feel like there's been times like that recently where i'm like oh but i also feel like she is finding a lot of um inner peace right now (laughs) so we love you drew (laughs) yeah so she does say that in the previous year's christmas so that was 1995 Mm -hmm. that she was alone recovering from a tonsillectomy um so she was like in the bath crying and listening to judy garland records and uh, she could only eat ice cream, which she said she hated. And we were we were trying to figure out, does she still hate ice cream? We think no. <laughs> but, but I was like, wait a minute. Where was Eric? Like, she was with him at that time. He supposedly has this huge family. Like, because of the tonsil stuff, could she not, like, go be with them? Do we know just... when when they separated? Well, they were together in April 96 at the Primal Fear premiere. And then we think she was a bloop very soon after Interesting. <laughs> like right back to back that's right so the writer starts to kind of ask drew about how she draws attention to herself and how much she wants to be loved and she says i like this this whole kind of quote here um she says of course i want people to love me but it's not going to hurt me if they don't 
the writer thinks that's a big drive that she has, which is interesting. Like he was interrogating her. Um, yeah, it feels like it. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, I, th I think a bigger drive in me is to take care of people. And she starts crying and continues. I think in all honesty, what would probably feel good is if somebody wanted to take care of me. I never felt sorry for me that I've had such a weird life. I just want to fucking make it good. I mean, even this feels like if she's saying she just would feel good if if somebody would take care of her. Yeah, like it never really had happened before, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, even most of her life, she's taken care of herself. Yeah. So I could see that that would be like a touchy subject for her <laughs> if the guy was pushing on her about God, it. She does. I mean, it's something I like have never of course i've thought about how giving she is about with her own like i don't know she gives so much yeah she doesn't really take i don't know no i mean and she'll be the first to admit that like she like takes care of others and is horrible about taking care of herself yep wow even though i just said she's taking care of herself her whole life she's obviously good at it in some ways <laughs> yeah 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 she's good at it when it comes to like the basics and meaning like survival yeah and... <laughs> meaning she has financially supported herself is kind of what we're yeah, talking about go. but also also like her emotional life she talked about like having families on set and then those were temporary families and yeah. you know not having a consistent relationship with her parents like these things have they have definitely had an effect on her and she you know what this is like one of the million things we love about her is that she comes out of this and she's just charming as hell giving loving funny Despite like all this all of this like she somehow yeah. she, like it, it it is it is i think incredible what a light she can be for other people definitely oh including us <laughs> yeah um so then she shares a short and true story and if you want to read this we're not going to transcribe the whole thing it's pretty long yeah but it's um a true story about a christmas that she had with family who took her in as their own when she was about eight or nine I've always understood this to be the Ward family, um, just based on the description of how she describes the family. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Wards um, were a family who lived in, was it North Carolina? Yeah, Wilmington, North Carolina. I can't right? remember exactly where they lived, but it was the girl who was her stand-in, right? Right. So Jennifer Ward was her stand-in for Firestarter, and then again the next year for Cat's Eye. Yeah. And Drew had like an amazing time with their super traditional family. Yeah. So she talks about that and um, she writes about how badly she wanted the daughter's nightgown. Like that's the main point of the story. Yeah. Uh, and basically that's a metaphor for wanting this girl's entire traditional life. And the story ends with this quote, but she wore the garment that I believed was freedom. And I bore the threads that continually tied me down. Wow. Mm, that kind of like, sums it up right there right i wouldn't have said anything that eloquent at age 21 no. 22 that's for sure really <laughs> and the very end of the article which i mean we had such a strong note right there but this is just kind of an interesting way that kind of goes back to the whole theme of the article i think um she yeah, gets she gets interrupted by another diner who breathlessly asks if she's true and for a moment drew looks confused she was somewhere <laughs> else or she says yeah i am but it, what they how they describe it is that it was like it's not a difficult question but she struggles to answer it and then she grins that <laughs> butter mouth melt smile i had to think about it <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> it's really cute so yeah this is a really well-loved profile great job chris heath beautiful article goes over so many topics 
there are definitely a lot of crossovers to previous articles that we've done. Mm -hmm. And I'm loving these ones that just feel like the writers go on a journey with her. (laughs) It's just like these peaks into her life. And I think that's why these particular three have resonated and stuck with us so much yep. because it's not just like an interviewer sitting down in a room doing a Q&A yep. with her like it's so much more but now I do feel challenged to find some that are from like much later that feel anything like this so yeah was this like just a 90s awesome thing yes exactly <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to see exactly ah it was a good one yay all right guys thanks for tuning in and going down memory lane again with us. We hope you guys are liking these types of episodes. If you don't have these magazines handy, I hope it's fun for you to listen to us describe everything again and have those, those like nostalgic vibes that we have for these articles. (laughs) (laughs) And so if you did like it, why don't you go over and rate review and subscribe? We would love that you guys, wherever you're listening, you can do one or all of those things. And you know, we know you hear it all the time, but it really makes a difference and we would really appreciate it. Just takes a moment. And then be sure to go over and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at how do you drew pod. And uh, just a reminder, two reminders actually I've got for you today. I want you to send us listener mail at how do you drew pod at gmail.com. We've said it before. Send us anything. But, you know, think about what magazines you love or you would love for us to talk about. Maybe it's yeah. just based on like an amazing photo shoot that you like or an article that you love and tell us why you loved it. Um, The other thing is I want to remind you to go to howdoyoudrew.com. Ashley does such an amazing job every week of compiling these galleries of all this research she's done and making sure that it follows what we're talking about in the podcast. Like, I want to encourage you, if you're doing this at work, like, don't do it while you're driving. (laughs) Yeah, not in the car. (laughs) But check it later. I promise it's worth it. There's a little sneak peek on Instagram, but then this entire gallery, like, honor Ashley's work. <laughs> Go see you. How do you thank you? Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for tuning in and we'll see you guys next Tuesday. All right. See you then. Thank you. Thank you. The How Do You Drew podcast is researched and produced by Ashley and Anne from thedrewseum.com. Our theme song is by our dear friend, Matt Costa, and we'll see you next Tuesday.